Blog Talk Radio. Ho, ho, ho. You're listening to the Alpha Show. Therefore, tonight have we truly become the inheritors of our American legacy, a government more dangerous to our liberty than is the enemy it claims to protect us from. You get to a point of the sky is green and grass is blue. You get to a point of who can you believe? Who will you believe? You're tuned in to TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. Men with no brains, no heart, and no balls. She wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress. <laughs> well, good evening. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. You know... Every week, I mean, there's just so much to cover. Just You can, I don't even have to do show prep anymore. There's, there's that much to cover. It's that much that's going on. And I do believe that this man, Donald Trump, has to be the, the sultan of the con, the sultan of a snake oil salesman, of a fraud, you name it. You name it. He has a technique of deflection and projection and 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 look at the shiny thing over here. When he has a a level of taking over an interview, a conversation. He will not allow the questions to get too deep. He cannot explain any policy that he has because he's not a policy-driven person. And people want to say, oh, he's not a politician. He's taking advantage of the political sphere for so long that you can't classify him as a non-politician. So, as we get into it um, this evening, I want to talk to you about the continuing efforts to suppress the vote. They've gone to playing little ball, and they've gone to scaring southern black people who seem to be at a loss for standing up. And when I say at a loss for standing up, in Georgia, now 
the race is very, very close in Georgia. As a matter of fact, they just uh, they just put a white mayor in this particular county. But let me tell you what they did. There's a three-member panel board of elections. They sent the sheriffs out to African-American homes and told them that you have to show up at the election board to prove that you have a right to vote. That's just one of the, what I call, small ball situations. So they purged, out of the 180 black residents, they purged 53. The mayor's race was won by a very slight margin. Only 27 of them got reinstated when the lawsuit came to fruition. You see, their mean is to take the law, violate the law, and then knowing that people have no money to fight them in court. So their dishonest, illegal tactics stand. And of course, you know, black folks in Georgia, you know, they got a two week to fight. So they know that they could get black people purged from the rolls off of this illegal tactic. And that's what they did. My point is simply this there should be a price to pay for the illegality, illegal movements, the illegal offensive tactics. Now, everybody sits back and goes like a kid that throws rocks and hides his hands. Oh, we didn't mean, we didn't mean anything by it. Or, you know, this is what we're faced with. And this continues, and it continues, and it just runs rampant. The level the sheer level of bigotry that has reared his ugly head and that is still very prevalent in our society is on an uptick. It's on the move. Let's violate as many black folks as possible. Here in Chicago, they just released another video of the shooting of another black man, unarmed black man. He was in a stolen car. But you arrest him and you send him through the justice system. Police officers turn into judge, jury, and executioners. The three officers have been stripped of their police powers because they violated some depart departmental rules and it the the video is just it's just 
There's nothing else I can say about the video. The video is just wrong on so many levels. It's just wrong. The cop got out of his car. The guy in the stolen car veered to miss his car. And as he veered to miss his car, the cop got out of his car shooting. 10, 15 rounds. And there were other cops in the crossfire because they continued to shoot at the car as it barreled down the street. And there was a cop car in front of the car as they were shooting. But as it unfolded, the guy crashed. And when he got out, he broke and ran. The shooting is not on tape. The um, body cameras were just issued so there was a problem with you have to click the button twice to turn it on and all this old kind of crazy stuff. But what they did get was the deceased laying on the ground and the cops standing over and one of them kicked him in the head or stomped his head and the other one called him an expletive. Now the guy's lying on the ground with his hands cuffed behind his back and he's got a bullet hole in his back but like I said the shot that killed him was not on tape so I'm like this what does it take what does it take just like the young lady and I think that um, the video on Facebook has gone viral that was shot and killed and a five-year-old son wounded. Just like that young lady. Now let me get this straight. They sent the SWAT team to her house for traffic fines. She was rather threatening in the video and all of that, but what did they do? What did law enforcement do at the Bundy Ranch? What did they do? They backed off and allowed the situation to settle down. Their young lady was going nowhere. But it's always appears to be, how do they, what's the word, exigent circumstances that they use, that they apply to situations when people of color are involved. What did they do when they seized the bird compound uh, and, and occupied it? They didn't rush in with force. They didn't rush in with guns blazing, with SWAT teams, with paramilitary police. No, they backed off. They didn't escalate the situation. They kind of put a little, took the air out of the bubble. So why is it that in each and every case when black people are involved, they escalate the situation? And that is the question that, we must ask. I, I'll tell you like this. 
um, the city of Chicago has paid over $500 million in police misconduct, wrongful death, give it a name, since 2004, 12 years. In 12 years, we have paid over $500 million for police misconduct and wrongful death. They're about to add on to that. As last as I looked, car theft was not punishable by death. So another wrongful death litigation is about to take place. We have... um, a Republican nominee who seems to take everything as a game because they simply, he simply can control and talk his way out of anything as he has done to the media since the primary. He's controlled every time. They ask him a question, and he deflects, and he takes over. He controls the conversation, and that is how he does it. You can't allow the the person who is the subject of controversy to control the narrative. Now, he just had a an interview with one of the news outlets that he's banned from his from his gatherings, and they went on. They ran up to. They ran onto the interview like we're puppies because access. They want access. And as long as he can deny them access, he can control them. And the access that he gives them puts them in a position of total capitulation. This man is able to lie. He's able to manipulate. He's able to do all the things that have to be done to keep them at bay, to keep them from uncovering his, how do I call it, his status as unqualified to be president, and he is absolutely unqualified to be president. He's um, basically a, a grifter, a grifter. The man who wrote his, who Ghost wrote his autobiography, The Art of the Deal, this was before he was having people sign um, 
no disclosure forms. Well, uh, the man has appeared in on a few cable networks and a few networks, and he's just lambasted, excoriated Donald Trump as a narcissistic psychopath, uh, all of that. Well, Donald has sent him a cease and desist letter demanding that he return all royalty. Now, I don't know how that's going to work, but this is a classic. Let's attack him in court, and let's cost him money that he doesn't have. I presume he doesn't have the money. And when we get him into a position where monetarily he can't fight anymore, we'll simply win. We'll simply win. The man lies like a, a damn rug. And all I hear is how dishonest Hillary is. Dishonest Hillary. Dishonest Hillary. I'm not a big fan of the Clintons. I was a Bernie supporter. And over and over again, I can tell you just like this, where you're going. And I keep asking you where you're going. And I'll get into that with... um, all of you, I'm going Green Party people. And I'll say this like this. Jill Steins is on 25 ballots in the United States. There are 50 states. She's waiting on six more that are pending a decision. So that's 31. So she'll be on the ballot in 31 states. 31 states. So, can someone please, can someone please explain to me how is she supposed to win? 929-477-2867. Explain to me how are you going to win the presidency? If there was a total shift change of... if. If, by chance, Hillary was to drop off, Donald Trump would become president. She's not on the ballot in 19 states. So if one of you third-partiers can enlighten me, can if you can, can just... Just explain it to me. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll understand your word. I'm telling you, I used to use the word incompetent. Now I just call them stupid. I went to an Ivy League school. I'm very highly educated. I know words. I have the best words. I have the, but there's no better word than stupid. Right? There is none. There is none. There's no, there's no, there's no word like that. So now, here's a man with all the best words. I got all the best words. I'm gonna, 
I'm highly educated. Braggadocious, you're damn right. Narcissistic, bingo. On target. Spot on. But this is what people are willing to risk because of Hillary's dishonesty. It doesn't matter that the whole damn process is dishonest. It doesn't matter. Hillary is dishonest. I'm not going to vote for Hillary. I'll see Donald. Let Donald Trump come in and be president and blow up all of the, let him blow up the health care. Let him blow up everything. Just blow it up. I find, uh, I find it rather insulting that so-called progressives, can even exist on this plane. You, you're out here on this playing field and you act as if there are no consequences to your vote. You act as if um, everybody wants to fold their arms and go pout and sit in the corner. She cheated, Bernie. Hell yeah, with the help of the DNC. And what happened when Debbie Wasserman Schultz stepped down? Hillary put her in a high position in her campaign. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hillary did that. But there are other shakeups at the DNC that are going on now, and to say they have to clean house is an understatement. But they got a clean house. <laughs> I I don't understand the logic behind the I'm gonna write it. What the hell are you gonna write in, Bugs Bunny? What the hell are you gonna write it, Bernie Sanders? It seems to me that political reality has to be the answer. I don't look at it as if I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. I really don't. I don't see it as voting for Hillary Clinton. I see it as voting against Donald Trump. I am voting for Environmental Protection Agency, Clean Air Act, Clean Water Act. I'm voting for Social Security expansion. I'm voting to save Medicare and not uh, privatize it and vulture it. I'm voting to save Medicaid. I'm voting for Voting Rights Act which has been gutted. With Donald Trump at the head of the Republican Party, this is a great time to retake 
the Senate. Retaking the House is going to be a little more difficult. But that is, that is a malfeasance of messaging. And I'll cover that later on. I'm voting for food stamps not to be cut. I'm voting for minimum wage. They say $15 an hour. I say to hell with that. Let's go to $15 an hour and this uh, progressive scale. As the cost of living goes up, so does the minimum wage. I'm voting for union rights. I'm voting for the Affordable Care Act. 20 million people have health care. Health care privatized? No. But that's as good as we got. That's as good as we got. Public option? Yeah. We needed a public option from the beginning. When you see that there are four health insurance companies that are trying to Merge the four into two. When you get reports that premiums are going up 45%, this must end. We must destroy, destroy the health insurance industry with a public option. We must put in a public option to take the bite out of their increase. Chances are it's not going to happen because people are sitting at home. There is an opportunity to take back both the Senate and the House. And I'll remind people that in 2006, the districts were gerrymandered also. But the administration was so bad, so bad, that we took back the House and the Senate. So don't write that off with the clown at the top of the ticket. There could be a serious movement. I am confident we will take the Senate back, but... It'll be a very slim margin, and we'll need people to fall in line. We'll need Democrats to be Democrats. Understand one thing. This is the opportunity opportunity for progressives to purge themselves of the Wall Streeters. The Democratic Wall Streeters, the Wall Street Democrats, the Dinos, the Blue Dogs that are left in the Senate, the people, the Democrats, and the so-called Black Caucus are worthless. There are so many Democrats who are worthless. How many of them will see the tsunami of change coming. 
and write themselves to be on the progressive side of legislation and to be on the progressive side. Kansas. The state of Kansas held elections this past Tuesday. They turned out, I believe it was 11 Tea Partiers. They voted them out. These these were the primaries, and they voted in moderate uh, and normal conservatives. Don't go crazy and think that they were going to totally vote out the party of no. But if people can't see, what happened? Let's see. We got a black president. The Tea Partiers came out in force, financially backed by the billionaires and the oligarchy. And they yelled and they screamed and they pulled the country to the right with PR campaigns touting debt and touting we're spending too much and the feigned indignation of what are our children going to do when they're burdened with all of this debt that we have accumulated. And it's the two Santa controversy. It's the two Santa philosophy. They run up the debt and then they force Democrats to cut it. Bill Clinton was never a progressive. Barack Obama was never a progressive. The puppeteer were the millionaires and the Wall Street and the bankers. They were the puppeteers. They are the puppeteers. Bernie Sanders put the wake-up call out. And the wake-up call is simply, stop this. Stop this inequality. Stop all of the profits going to the top. Someone has to reel in the corporations. So when I say I don't want to look at it as voting for Hillary, the Affordable Care Act, Roe v. Wade, They are still attacking Roe v. Wade, chipping away at it bit by bit by bit. Marriage equality. Ain't got nothing to do with me, but damn, okay, throw that in there. Marriage equality. That means that 100, I'm sorry, 1,100 rules and laws, federal laws, will be given to same-sex couples just as they are to heterosexual couples. I don't know where you stand or how you stand or what you stand for, but try to stand for some equality. The Department of Education, I'm voting for that because they will get rid of the Department of Education. National Community Services Act. It's out the window. It's gone. Union activities by federal employees. Gone. Eviral. 
Environmental Research at the Department of Energy, inner city and high-speed rail grants. All of that is gone. All of that is gone. Public broadcasting subsidies, done. Community Development Fund, done. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, done. Were there problems with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? Well, of course there was. That was by design. That's how Republicans get rid of governmental programs, by so mismanaging the program, then you have another party cry for its, uh, you dissolve that program, such as Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, corporations for public broadcasting. That's what I'm voting for, too, the subsidies that public broadcasting gets. National Endowment for the Arts. I can't sing, I can't act, but let's save that. National Endowment for Humanities. Let's save that. A liberal majority on the Supreme Court. We have lived under Alito, Roberts, Kennedy, Scalia, and Uncle Thomas. For the last two decades. And we've seen bad decision after bad decision. The only time we didn't see a bad decision when they couldn't render one. And that was on the Affordable Care Act. There's just no place to turn, nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. And that's what we we must remember that. And I'll give you a heads up on a few things. The next president will appoint at least three at least three Supreme Court justices. You have Kennedy and others that are in their 80s and they're still serving on the court. So the Supreme Court for the next 30 years will overturn Citizens United. Because just as they fictitiously brought Citizens United to the forefront in front of the court, it can be erased. They erased a hundred and something years of precedent in implementing Citizens United. Not going to live forever. not about Clinton. It's about over 80 years of progressive movement. We're in danger of losing 
because we're not looking at the big picture. Because we, as progressives, have our wagons hitched up to Trojan horses. And those are the Wall Street Democrats and the Democrats who act like Republicans and as they enrich themselves, they leave nothing for the middle class. Nothing whatsoever. And here is the biggest challenge of all. And I want to I want to say this. What Donald Trump has done, he's jumped on the most popular thing for white folks. You see, black folks have been losing jobs and have high unemployment for the last 60 years. So we're used to high unemployment. We're used to not having jobs. We're used to our youth just roaming the streets. But now it's touched upon white folks. Globalization has brought it to their doorstep. And now you have people who are angry. You have people who simply can't accept the third world style living that the minorities have been pressed and pushed into. Because now they are being challenged. I've seen it way too often. I've seen it actually affect us. And let me put it like this. When you have People who are so, I don't want to be treated like that. And I don't know if you know who Jane Elliott is, but she is the, she's the professor, I would call her, not having her bio here in front of me, of brown eyes, blue eyes. And I've seen countless videos of her and she's in uh she's in standing on stage and she's asked all the white people and the state the auditorium was full of white people full of white people she asked them all stand up if you would like to be treated like black folks are treated and I'm paraphrasing here and nobody stood up. And she said, oh, I don't think you understood or you didn't hear the question. Stand up if you wouldn't mind being treated like black folks have been treated. Nobody stood up. So she came back with, so you do know what's going on and you just are willing to ignore it. And that spoke volumes. 
of what we are experiencing and what we have been experiencing. And let me say this. White folks in denial is nothing new. White folks looking the other way is nothing new. Throwing rocks and hiding their hands is their M.O. You have to understand, as Neely, as Neely Fuller put it, until you understand white supremacy, everything else will confuse you. And it basically writes itself. It's true to itself. Because it's the truth. It's really the truth. Unless we go along with political reality, then what Bernie Sanders has started, the revolution, will continue but it will be a longer process. Hillary Clinton may very well still become the next president, and I'm not happy about it, but there's a reality here. There's something that I understand about the process. There's something that I won't get with a Donald Trump. Talk about lesser of two evils if you want. It's the truth. Yeah, we jacked either way. Now, how much do you want to be jacked? I say jacked because um, I don't use that other kind of language. You know, you know, I, I just don't use that other kind of language because. Um, for me, it's, let me put it like this. For me, it's so demeaning. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I don't talk like that. Oh, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, a gun. You thought I was going to say son of a bitch, didn't you? Ah, porky, porky, porky. I love that comedy. I love that cartoon. I love Porky Pig's voice. And the narrative that was put out by the great Mel Blanc. So there, that's right. We're going down the tubes. And if we don't seize this opportunity to take the revolution that Bernie Sanders started and pull this Democratic Party to the left. All we'll have is a 31 state on the ballot, Jill Steins or Gary Johnson, who's a pure libertarian, 
who lines up with the Republicans or a Donald Trump. How about a Donald Trump? Everybody want a Donald Trump. Something in your head has to click. Like I said, I'm going to the polls with three or four clothespins to put on my nose. And people people push back on that saying, I'm not going I'm not going to hold my nose. What the hell are you gonna do? Tell me, please. Somebody please. Tell me. Nine two nine four seven seven two eight six seven. Enlighten me. Wake me up. Don't just listen to the lies. Lie to me. But then there is one person who's been lying since this election process started. Is your relationship with Vladimir Putin? I have no relationship with Putin. Do you have a relationship with Vladimir Putin? I do have a relationship, and I can tell you that he's very interested in what we're doing here today. He's probably very interested in what you and I are saying today, and I'm sure he's going to be seeing it in some form. But I do have a relationship with him. I have no relationship with him. But if you have no relationship with Putin, then why did you say in 2013, I do have a relationship? In 2014, I spoke... Because he has said nice things about me over the years. I remember years ago, he said something, many years ago. We did 60 Minutes together. By the way, not together together, meaning he was probably shot in Moscow. Well, he was in Moscow, you were in New York. That's the thing. No, just so you understand, he said very nice things about me, but I have no relationship with him. When I went to Russia with the Miss Universe pageant, he contacted me and was so nice. I don't, yeah, I've you said for him. three years, 13, 14, and 15, that you did have a relationship I have, with him. No, look, what, what do you call a relationship? I mean, he treats me I'm with you. great respect. I have no relationship with Putin. I don't think I've ever met him. I never met him. I don't think I've ever you met him. You would know it if you did. I think you? so. Yeah, I think so. I was in Russia. I was in Moscow recently, and I spoke indirectly and directly with President Putin, who could not have been nicer. Never spoken to him I've on the phone. I've been in Moscow. I didn't meet him in Moscow. Where? Never spoken to him on the phone? Uh, I have never spoken to him on the phone, no. You did say on three different occasions you had a relationship with him. Now you say there is none. Well, I don't know what it means by having a relationship. I mean, he was saying very good things about me, but I don't have a relationship with him. I didn't meet him. I haven't spent time with him. Uh, I didn't have dinner with him. I didn't uh, go hiking with him. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know him from Adam except I see his picture and I would know what he looks like. Huh. Uh, at this point, I'd have to say we need someone who can stop this man. He's a pathological liar. What's up, Miss Hillary? <laughs> You've got a choice. Take the big lie or take the little lie. Take the ego-based, narcissistic piece or take the little one. There are no better choices. There's no one standing here trying to sell you a 
beans for a cow? Give me a break. Give me a break. Tell me about your choices. Someone explain to me how Jill Steins can possibly become president in 31 states. On my Facebook page, the Alpha Show and TruthWorks Network, I put the map up of the states that she is on the ballot in. It's 25 of them. And they got six more states that are pending. They're waiting for the decision to come down if she's going to be on the ballot. And that's 31 states. So tell me how that happens. Bring me to a belief that somehow it's going to happen. Help me. 929-477-2867. Tell me that somehow this is going to be all right. Sing to me. Tell me I'm delusional. Call me your kind. I don't mind. There's no justice. I love that song. Tell me how a man who is worshipped by the Klan, the skinheads, the neo-Nazis, is a better choice. Tell me about a man who covets the Confederate flag. If he were speaking to someone who wanted to raise the Confederate flag, he would probably start off by saying something to the effect of, you were some funny, funny people. For you, it's always summertime and the living is easy. Your daddy's rich and your mama's good looking. <laughs> You're a Confederate, a proud Southern white boy. Your Bible in your hand and your shotgun in your pickup truck. A Southern white boy with the shame of slavery running through your veins. You are a bigot. I am a black man. I have worked and scraped for every inch of dirt I walk on. You cried yourself to sleep because Lincoln hurt your feelings. (laughs) You backwoods, sheet-wearing, cross-burning, honky mother... you want to do is make my people pay for it. You think you love this country. What you love is that corruption of the red, white, and blue you call valor. What you love is the satisfaction that mess brings when people feel they need to give that flag some credence, like it stands for something more than hate, fighting about whether to tear it down from atop your state building or not. You are a bigot, and I am disappointed in the way you treat my country. 
No matter what, know your value. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare Show, home of Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. The I Declare Show, real raw right now talk media, I Declare it. The I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and I declare it's real, raw, and right now. The I Declare Show, with India Declare. Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Saturday, 10 p.m., join us live and live it on Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Our Common Ground. Where friends come to meet comrades. I'm Janice Grant. You're listening to the Alpha Show on TruthWorks Network. Now back to Alpha. The I Declare Show featuring India Declare, Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock Central Time, here at Blog Talk Radio. And tomorrow night, Our Common Ground, with the host Janice Graham. Um, I haven't gotten any... any... um, Information on who's on with Janice Graham tomorrow night, and hopefully she will uh, she'll let me know, and I'll pass it on. Knowing how um, frail and pathetic my memory is, I hope um, I get to mention that again because they tell me I just go to talking and I keep talking and I keep talking and I keep talking. And I keep talking. A lot of times I forget, or it just never comes back up. I I have a one-track mind, and it keeps going. It keeps going. Tomorrow night at our common ground, it will be open mic. Uh, I wonder what we're gonna. I wonder what Janice is gonna talk about. Oh, police killings! Oh, that's right, police killing. They're still doing it. They're still doing it. So that's tomorrow night, Our Common Ground, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, Our Common Ground with your host, Janice Graham, here at Blog Talk Radio. Radio. So don't miss that. Pull up a seat. Pull up a seat and um, just enjoy it. We'll have a real good time. Yes, we will. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll have a great time. That's fancy. <laughs> 929-477-2867. Let me go to the phones here. 312, welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling Truth Works Network. Yo, Alpha, this is our house music lover, brother. How you doing tonight? House, how you doing this evening, man? I am uh, arresting. I'm arresting. Oh, they tell me it's been hot outside. What, what do you got to say about that? It's been burning up. <laughs> and I was down the street from you uh, yesterday for about 13 hours outside in that 90-plus degree Florida feeling weather yesterday getting ready for this event. <clears throat> and I was waiting for your call. You still haven't called me, man. What? Gonna roll you out there. What what are we doing? Yeah, you you talking about rolling me out there. That'd be about the that'll be about it too, rolling me out there. But no, I am gonna get off because we need to exchange information at least. But yeah, no uh, I am definitely gonna do that. Absolutely. Uh, the second half of the show I want to specifically address messaging. And the first part of the program I have given, you know, I, I am I at a loss here? What, what am I missing here? Would you, I mean, a little, how, did, how does the song go, 10%? Of something, it beats 100% of nothing at all. And that's where we are, and that's what what the politics has put us in. That's the position that we've been put in with the politics. Yeah, you're going back with that one. That's old house music song. Oh, come on, come on. I'm forgetting the name of the band right now. Oh, but. it's right on my tongue. I know who it is. <clears throat> I had the uh, album and the 12 inch, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's a 12 inch. 10% of something beats 100% of nothing at all. Yeah. Well, I can see the guy. I can well, see him on stage singing. I saw the video. I only see you maybe once or twice a week. You make it worth my while. You treat me like a king. Oh, I can't think of the, the group's name. But um, the name the um, the name of the of the particular cut is ten percent of something. And that's all I'm looking for. That's all we need to look for is the ability to keep the revolution going the ability to pull the Democratic Party to the left. Because for the next four years, that's all we got. That's all we have left. Here, I feel the name of the group is Double Exposure. Double Exposure, that's right. Double Exposure. Um, Yeah, and, you know, I I know that uh, most of the lyrics about her, too. But... I mean, to put that in um, context of the election, which I think is what you're doing, right? Exactly. Um, I don't know, man. I still feel like that's a no bueno. Um, no. <laughs> no bueno. 
so good. Um, I mean, because like I said, the choices are still, uh, you know, bad and worse. Okay. Uh, 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 Dr. Cornell West wrote an article I saw, I think it was on Alternet or somebody I was reading the other day. And, um, you know, he pretty much said the same thing. And, you know, uh, Trump is a neo-fascist and Clinton is a neoliberal. And they're both going to take you to hell and back. It's just they're going to have a slightly different methods. But we're going to the same same destination. So it just feels like it's a no-bueno. So you, we just throw our hands up and give up? <clears throat> Or do we continue? Um, no, we don't. We, we don't or give do we up. Continue? We don't throw our hands up. No, we, we keep pushing forward. Um, you know, hopefully we can get that those houses back, as you had mentioned earlier. We can get the uh, the House and the Senate back or come closer in the House and get the Senate back or whatever it is. You know, and locally we can do some things, um, like you mentioned what happened in Kansas. And... Um, you know, unlike the way we uh, did our gubernatorial and uh, race here in Illinois and how we did the city race, we elected Rom again, um, hopefully we can do more progressive things at a more local level. Uh, level. And at the presidential level this year, it's it's a wash. It's no bueno. It's a done deal. <laughs> well, this is what no I'm trying to explain to people. This is what I'm trying to communicate. It's done. It's written in stone. Yeah. yeah, you're probably Bill right. Bill on the ballot in 31 states at the most. <clears throat> is she going to win? Absolutely not. Gary Johnson, is he both. going to win? Absolutely not. Political reality. Yeah, um, you know, and, 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 you know, people ignore reality every day. Um Cognitive dissonance, I believe, is what the the term is. Term cognitive dissonance. But I mean, I may have a case of it, just in case Jill Stein is on the ballot in Illinois. Some people are just going, not going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Period. And when with Donald Trump not being an option, that's that's just what's going to happen. He has been self-destructive over the last two weeks, and it's pushed her ahead more and more. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the lack of contemplating reality. People don't seem to want to, I know it would be great. Uh, I didn't vote for her. Oh, she's president, but I didn't vote for her. Well, hell. Somebody, somebody got voted for. Yeah, you're like, right. Somebody has to win. Oh, something <clears> just like that. that's all. All I am simply saying to on this topic, on this subject, is until somebody can tell me where else you're going with the choices that you have, these are the choices. You either want the Christians in the lions den. Or you want to go with a waterfall and a barrel? What do you want? I, I, I don't want either. Most of us wouldn't want either. That's worse than Sophie's choice. Uh, exactly. Being given those two things. Um, so, like I said, we're gonna have a 
some instances of cognitive dissonance, and um, folks uh, may leave that blank and vote for the the, the, the lower ticket races, and um, you know, say, hey, you know, leave it up to the creator, however you see the creator, and um, let the chips fall where they may. Um, I mean, it's like I said, it's just it's no bueno. That's my phrase for the summer. No bueno. No good. Neither one. No good. Well, you're not you're not talking about committing suicide after the election, are you? <laughs> <laughs> gonna be here. You're gonna be here, so therefore you must continue the fight. And oh, the yeah, only path you? The only path I can see, House, is the fight that pulls the Democratic Party to the left. Now, exactly, and that's my answer when you keep asking where you're going to go. I'm going left. Voting to Hillary going ain't left. going left. Even if Hillary uh, is eventually going to win, even if she, excuse me, eventually wins, and I believe she probably will. But voting for her is not going left. Voting for Trump definitely ain't going left. I'm going left. Whatever that means I'm going to do, I'm going left. That's where I'm going. You going left out for where you going? i tell you where I'm going. I'm going towards Clean Water Act, Clean Air Act, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, Voting Rights Act, Food Stamps, Minimum Wage, Union Rights, Affordable Care Act, Roe v. Wade, Marriage Equality, the Department of Education, the National Community Services Act, union activities for federal employees, environmental research at the Department of Energy, the Inner City High Speed Rail Community Development Fund, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Corporation Public Broadcasting, National Endowment for the Arts, National Endowment for Humanities, a liberal majority on the Supreme Court. I am, that's what I'm going for. I mean, that's, and a, that's a great list. That, that's a great list that you're reading off. But if I promise you, if I had the time, I'll tell you at least two thirds of that list that Hillary Clinton is 180 degrees against. I ain't got the time right now. Um, you know, the best one you said, the probable one, is the uh, Supreme Court justices. But um, there's no guarantee uh, she would uh, appoint any. Liberal judges uh, that would do anything more than upheld Roe v. uphold Roe v. Wade. Um, if you don't understand and know and believe that Hillary, Hillary Clinton is the one percent, she is the establishment. She is the one whose foot is on the neck of all these broke folks. That if you believe anything different than that, and that she's going to give any real relief, then I can't help you. Hillary is no relief. I agree with you 100%. But on the other side, there is no chance. On this side, there is a chance. You can continue to pull her to the left. You can continue to make the noise and beat the drums and bang the pans together. You can continue to put the pressure on them to Restore the Voting Rights Act, the pre-clearance, not just to the 14 
states, but across the United States, because voting rights is under attack nationwide. We can. Well, I heard. Uh, I'm sorry. I heard Hartman say the other day that um, you know voting rights is a myth outside of um, the uh, uh, giving black folks the right to vote and women's suffrage movement. <laughs> and white males don't have a, a right to vote. <laughs> so that would be a whole other uh, discussion if you want to open it up on that end. But, you know, I'll leave that alone for another day too. No, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that in the messaging portion of the show this evening. And um, also I have a little clip I want to play. And I want to talk to the people who are listening about the messaging. Did you see where the Zika virus has basically had a little had its little toe in the water down in South Florida? Five people mm. one in a one mile area had been diagnosed with Zika. Now it's up to forty six. This is a week later. There are Three pregnant women that have been diagnosed with Zika, and there are five more pending. Mm-hmm. It's growing, it's spreading. So mm-hmm. when the request came for, what was it, $1.9 billion to mm-hmm. fight this disease. Now, if last time I looked, this has no color barrier. This has no racial motivations. Mosquito bites everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And as soon as it's been a week and it has increased, help me out here, what is it, eightfold? So next week, mm-hmm. instead of five people, it went to 46. Now next week it might be 200 and something. And all of the way, all the president wanted to do was to address this. But Republicans sent him a bill that was $500 million short of what he asked for, and it was loaded with, let's kill Obamacare, let's kill the Affordable Care Act, let's do this, let's do all of their pet peeves, knowing that he would veto it. Mm-hmm. So, after he vetoes it, then they go on the offensive. It's Obama's fault. Zika is Obama's fault. Oh, they took money out of the Ebola research for Zika. Mm -hmm. So, all of this is Obama's fault. And it's all eaten up by people who simply don't or won't understand the game. Let's undermine him and undercut him. Let's get our programs approved without the normal legislation by sticking them in poison. We call those poison pill bills because you know it has to be done. And I say this, if that's the fight to be had, let's use that same tactic with funding the military. Let's use that same tactic when it comes to are dead. It's a war. 
Let's not be soft on war. But the messaging is so weak. The inability of a democratic voice, a progressive voice, to advocate for what this nation needs. The inability of a Democrat to step up and say, enough of the globalization. You know, before Ronald Reagan, our trade deficit was zero, was zero. And since Ronald Reagan, our trade deficit is well over $800 billion. And the job losses are just unbelievable. 70,000 factories have closed, all on free trade. And for someone like a Hillary Clinton to allow Donald Trump to get to the left of her on these trade deals, he wants to go nationalism. He wants to take the country nationalist. And this is what they did in England. The Brexit vote was on was a, a similar ideology. Let's take the people and isolate us again. And I've always said, let's get rid of these trade deals. And anybody having a problem with that, do you believe that China would enter into a trade war with the United States? It would collapse their economy because we buy so much crap from them. Who would want to fight with the biggest consumers in the world? We leave that question unanswered. Because it's so easily answered. Because it's not just about the trade deals. It's about common sense. For me, it's about common sense. And to me, it's like these trade deals are... We are being sued for $15 billion a year in a corporate court by the Trans-Canada because we wouldn't allow them to send the XL pipeline through our country, poisoning our water. So they want $15 billion because we've hurt, hurt their profits. We were being sued for $3 billion a year from Canada and Mexico, $3 billion each. Because we wanted the Cool Act. We passed the Cool Act. And that forces them to label the food, the meats, our country of origin listing mm-hmm. is what the uh, acronym for Cool Act. So $3 billion a year to Canada, $3 billion. This is all under NAFTA. This hasn't even gotten to the TPP, which will go on steroids. Which, oh, by the way, they're going to push through in the lame duck. Mark my words. Yeah. Who was just here visiting what Asian president? Was it Japan? It was somebody who was just here with the. Uh, with, uh, it was Barack. Singapore. Singapore, okay. Yeah, they were just here and they were uh, both, uh, you know, 
standing tall on TPP, trying to gain support from it, or for it, excuse me. But when I speak about Singapore uh, and them pushing the TPP through in the lame duck, there's not even a, a movement to stop it. Mm-hmm. And it won't be a movement until it's too late. <clears throat> Well, that's one of the things Bernie uh, said he's going to he's cause the lab he'll take up um, for the duration of Bernie, the year. Bernie is one senator. Yep, yep, he is. He one is. senator. Now, Elizabeth Warren will join forces with him to fight, help him fight, but the rest of these Wall Street Democrats both in the House and in the Senate. Mm-hmm. They must be, let's put it like this, their vote must be scored. You are about to see Democrats retake the Senate. The House they will not retake, but the Senate they will retake. I hope we can get some governorships happening too, but even the danger with that is, um, you know, like you just said, the corporate Democrats, man, and so so many of them at th- those levels um, have been co-opted, and they're neoliberals. So even if they get in, if we get the wrong Democrat, another Hillary in any of those positions, you know, the king privatizes, uh, then we're still screwed. Um, so, you know, it's even that is it's still a very possible catch twenty two. So you have no faith in the Bernie revolution that the millennials will uh, demand some type of behavior modification for these people voting for these so-called Democrats, these so-called progressives. I contend that they will change their vote. I contend that there are Bernie Sanders has brought in enough people into the process that if he stays vocal, and I mean stays vocal, and one of the things that I'm not understanding about him is that, yes, he's endorsed Hillary and he's going to vote for Hillary, but why in the hell isn't he down there to extract his pound of flesh from Debbie Wasserman Schultz? He should be campaigning all out, balls to the wall, for her primary <laughs> challenge. Yeah, I've just heard him. Uh, wait a minute, did I hear him support the brother by name? I take that back. I did not hear him support the brother by name. At least I can't say it. At least I can't say it on whose show. But I'm I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see him down there. Um, um, um you know, stomping the ground with him and making stops and photo ops and speaking or whatever. Um, and the, the progressives who work for Bernie, they should be, uh, including myself, should be behind them 100%, you know, some kind of money or support, even if we don't live in state, um, because it's those kind of people who, uh, if you really want to do something, the more likely, there's a better likelihood of taking over the party than everybody switching the grain. I will admit that. Um, 
Green Party doesn't have the infrastructure the Democratic Party has. Um, but even with its infrastructure, it's still narrowly controlled by a few people, and those people can be knocked off, politically speaking. Um, but it has to be a concerted effort, and it has to be a plan, and it's not going to happen in one election cycle. Um, but if enough people are uh, with it, Oh yeah. Do we forfeit? Uh, do we forfeit the next four years under a Trump administration? The next four years are gone. It doesn't matter if Trump or Hillary win. Those, those are burned. Those, those are ashes. I mean, you can just get your salve ready because you're going to get you're going to get your ass with the next four years. Period. Doesn't matter which so one. What, so what you're saying is Hillary is going to allow Social Security and Medicare to go by the wayside and be privatized, and Medicaid, are we, are, what you're saying is Hillary is not going to uh, protect the voting, the little bit of Voting Rights Act that we have left? Me, uh, the Affordable Hillary Care Clinton, Act will go by the wayside. Hillary Clinton is a neoliberal. I know what she is. that. So to answer that first question, yeah, at some level you, she will. So you're saying Hillary's going to get rid of Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, the Voting Rights Act, food stamps, and one the minimum. In one fell swoop, no. But will she put pieces in place that her word incrementally will change it? Damn right. You better believe it, just like Barack has. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Don't doubt it for a second. I said with either of them, we're going, we're going to the same place. One, they're just going to take us there and in a different method, different routes. But the destination's the same. Make no mistake about it. Destination I is the same. I agree with that, but one of them has us on a speed train. The other one has us on that. You remember that little train that you had? Pushing up and down on either side to little Hank. And <laughs> what I'm, I, I know what you're talking about. Point. This is my point. The cart. Yeah, yeah. This is my point. <laughs> We're going to the same place, but only one is slower than the other. And if it's slower, that gives you an opportunity to derail it, to stop it. There has to be a progressive movement. All right. No, 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 no. no. I, I'm sorry. I got to stop you there, Alpha. I got to stop you there. Because what's that thing about the uh, the boiling pot of water? You know, you, somebody to drop you into a boiling pot of, pot of water, you're going to, what, jump out because it's just hot. But they well, put you in the warm pot of water and turn that heat up a little bit. A frog is involved there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I forgot about the frog. My bad. <laughs> So yeah, for, so yeah, that that's my argument against that theory. Um, as a matter of fact, we just you know we, we we're getting cooked to death now, man. It's so no, I don't. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not. I'm not falling in with that that theory. I'm not. Um, folks need to get scalded, as opposed to this little incrementalism. That incrementalism is what lulls us to sleep. Now, incrementalism it gives us the False sense of security. You know, things ain't all that bad. You know, look up three years later, your cable bill is three times more than it was. 
than it used to be. That's incrementalism. Incrementalism is all these uh, 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 goddamn red traffic lights and speed cameras and shit all over Chicago. Incrementally, what happened that's, to, that's more than tax are, uh, enough tax on poor folks. What happened to the red light cameras house? Uh, they're still here. Did, did, did I miss something? Yeah, you missed something. What they I missed? What I missed? They've been declared illegal, and they must come down. I because somebody was, standing, somebody was standing in the breach fighting it all the way. It just took time. Mm, okay, I missed that story. Well, the speed cameras time. still around. <clears throat> oh, you're gonna? How you can go out there tomorrow and see some red light cameras? But they ain't taking um, pictures of ticket requests. I got a, I got a ticket. They sent one in the mail for me, mm-hmm. and it was, and I was in a funeral. I was in a mm-hmm. funeral procession, and we were going right through the light and whatnot, and the damn yep. camera took. Picture. And they sent me, they sent me a, uh, I owe ninety dollars for running this red. Yeah. And the other one, they sent me a ticket for a hundred and fifty dollars. And they had a close up. You know how they have the close up of your license. Yeah. And my license plate had an I in it, or an L, and it was, it was. It was a Ford Explorer, and I drive a rodeo. <laughs> but I'm just saying, my point is simply this. It's going to take time. Revolutions take time. If the slaves gave up when they saw the first uh, black slave being mercilessly beaten because he ran away, where would we be? If our ancestors gave up and declared that we're um, we're fucked either way, where would we be? If we gave up on the boy, even Martin Luther King was taking us to a burning house, but we never gave up. <clears throat> so even Mac- Malcolm X. He wanted to take us before the UN, and now we know that the UN wasn't wasn't the place to go, because right now the UN is not the place to be. And all the struggle yeah. to get there will get us nothing. That's that's my um, only point here. You know, you, you're making a great segue from a little plug I want to do for the last time. <laughs> Well, go right ahead because I want to, I want to get into the last part of the program. I want to get into messaging. Well, go right ahead. So today, August fifth, nineteen sixty-six, uh, Martin Luther King marched through Marquette Park for uh, for justice and housing. Um, you know, met with such uh, serious and hostile resistance. You know, he made the comment about. This being some of the you know worst and hostile crowds you ever saw in his life, you know, damn the South, you know, this is crazy up here. So, um, <clears throat> fifty years later, today we unveiled, excuse me, uh, a coalition of um, uh, civic groups um, unveiled the first 
uh, monument dedicated to MLK and uh, MLK, excuse me, in the city of Chicago at the uh, corner of uh, 67th and Kedzie. Um, literally to the day, 50 years to the day, we honored the uh, thousand mile uh, march and um, had a, a bunch of great speakers. We had some threatening clouds, but only a couple of little drops and drizzles. So uh, for the most part, I think uh, we were spared the bad weather. We just got a couple of little tears, and um, then we got some uh, some sunshine for the rest of the day. But um, tomorrow, on the 6th, which happens to be the 50th anniversary of the Voting Rights Act. I can't remember if it's the signature of it or when it was uh, enacted, officially went into action. But that's the 50-year anniversary tomorrow, August 6th. And on that day, they're going to be recreating and retracing the steps of Martin Luther King and his original five to 700 marchers from 63rd and Kesey to Marquette Park uh, at the Memorial 67th, and then we'll come down to Sacramento into the park and enjoy uh, uh, festivities all day with a lineup of uh, speakers and uh, uh, musical guests um, called Taking It to the Streets 2016. Um, just depending on uh, judging the body event we had today, and I've been there for about, I don't know, 30 hours over the last excuse me, about 23 hours over the last two days um, helping with the setup. It looks amazing. Um, I think the neighborhood is ready for it. Um, I think the city, conscious folks are ready for it. And um, even we've been talking about um last few minutes, I think the spirit of, like you said, not giving up, um, you know, the spirit of, of having a plan, the spirit of justice and the spirit of, um, you know, coalition and, and not being separated by uh, race or uh, religion or region. Um, and those spirits, I think, uh, is going to be a great day tomorrow. So anybody uh, who's listening, go to streets2016.com. If you're in the city of Chicago, uh, please, please come out and support. Um, check it out. It's going to be a great and worthy uh, cause. Well, thanks a lot, House. Appreciate it. Thank you. And, uh, thank you for your call, man. I'll always uh, look look forward to speaking with you, um, regardless of the plugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last plug. I was hoping to get one in with India. I was hoping to have the uh, the executive director of Amman, who was really the uh, uh, the main uh, organization that spearheaded the entire effort. It's been a multi-year effort. Um, I was trying to get him on. We were at our last uh, meeting, um, but he was really uh, he was busy. <laughs> His brother was torn in a few different directions. There was a lot going on. So um, the five minutes I did have to speak with them, uh, we were in a, a little group session. Uh, couldn't make it happen, um, and I didn't want to uh, call India in the middle of her show. She was on the road, to be honest. Um, 
But tonight, yeah, that's, that's the last announcement. Announcement. I really do appreciate you letting me get that in, and for the postings uh, Janice was doing in the uh, chat rooms and doing your show and her show. So <clears throat> appreciate it, brother. And uh, so one day we're gonna hook up. And even if I can't take you for a burger, uh, I buy you. I found a great taco place over there right across the street from Market Park, man. I'll get taken with some tacos, man. Those things are fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm lo- I really I'm really looking forward to trying to get back to normal, trying to get out and trying to get get mobile. Right now my driver's license is expired. It's been I've gotten until my birthday to I got a year from when it expired. It expired in September, so it's coming up real fast. And mm-hmm. you know, if I haven't gotten out to get my license, driver's license renewed, it's really next to impossible. So, yeah. thank well, you for open your, your call. Tomorrow, man. Open your windows tomorrow, uh-huh. man. The system they have out there is incredible. Um, you probably hear some of the music, depending on which way the wind is blowing. Which way the wind is blowing? I hear you, man. I, All right. Yeah, I live, I live real close to Marquette Park too. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll keep you in mind too. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, House. Appreciate it. I'm gonna put you on mute. Yes, sir. Peace. All right. House music lover, and don't miss his event tomorrow here in Chicago, Marquette Park. 66, 67th in I'm going to finish the show up with messaging. And just as I gave you the situation with Zika, they don't want to solve anything. All they want to do is obstruct and then point the finger and scream that the government doesn't work. But they all want to be a part of the government. The government only works when they are in control. And these are the kinds of controls that they have. I want to play this for you, and I'll be right back. Judge Curiel, remember the judge who was born in uh, Indiana, as I recall, who now lives in Arizona, as I recall, and is the judge overseeing two different lawsuits against Donald Trump. Uh, One is called Low v. Trump University, which sues Trump University as well as Trump personally uh, for uh, fraud and misrepresentation, breach of contract, taking advantage of seniors. And the second is called Cohen v. Trump, and it actually is using the federal RICO statute, racketeering-influenced corrupt organizations law. And Uh, The federal district judge, uh, Gonzalo Curiel, has ruled that Donald Trump, founder of Trump University, must face civil trial for fraud and racketeering under the Federal Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, RICO. Uh, The Trump had moved for a uh, summary judgment. This is a, you know, a Hail Mary try try to stop this thing. And the judge said, nope, it's going to go forward. Now, it's going to go forward after the elections, but... It's going to go forward. Isn't life interesting? Meanwhile, uh, over at the Los Angeles Times, Bernie Sanders wrote an op-ed. And I, this is, I think, worth sharing. The, the headline is, I support Hillary Clinton, so should everyone who voted for me. 
points out, he starts it out saying, you know, I ran against Hillary Clinton. I got 46% of the delegates, and uh, she received 54% of the delegates. I, you know, so it was a, a serious challenge. And then he goes on to say, you know, Donald Trump would be a disaster and an embarrassment for our country. He points out that his, his that uh, he's not saying anything of substance on issues like the economy, the health, the education system, our healthcare system, or our environment. Uh, that his campaign is based on bigotry and hate. And then he goes on to say, in these difficult times, we need a president who will bring our nation together, not someone who will divide us by race or religion, or not someone who lacks an understanding of what our Constitution is about. On virtually every major issue facing this country and the needs of working families, Clinton's positions are far superior to Trump's. This is Bernie Sanders speaking. Our campaigns worked together to produce the most progressive platform in the history of American politics, well, Trump's campaign wrote one of the most reactionary documents. Clump, uh, Clinton understands that Citizens United has undermined our democracy. She will nominate justices who are prepared to overturn that Supreme Court decision, which has made it possible for billionaires to buy elections. Her court, a court appointees would protect a woman's right to choose, would protect workers' rights, would protect the rights of LGBT community, would protect the, ne the needs of minorities and immigrants and the government's ability to protect the environment. Trump, on the other hand has made it clear that his Supreme Court nominees would preserve the court's right-wing majority. Clinton understands that in a globe, competitive global economy, we need the best educated workforce in the world. She and I, this is Bernie Sanders speaking, work together on a proposal that will revolutionize higher education in America. It will guarantee that the children of any family in this country with an annual income of 125000 a year or less, 83% of our population, will be able to go to public college or university tuition-free. This proposal also substantially reduces student debt. Trump, on the other hand, has barely said a word about higher education. And I would note he's being sued for running a phony university. Clinton understands that at a time of massive income and wealth inequality, it's absurd to provide huge tax breaks to the very rich. Trump, on the other hand, wants billionaire families like his to enjoy hundreds of billions of dollars in new tax breaks. Clinton understands that climate change is real and is caused by human activity is one of the great environmental crises facing our planet. He knows that we must transform our energy system away from fossil fuels and move aggressively to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. Trump, on the other hand, like most Republicans, rejects climate science and the conclusions of almost all major researchers in the field. He believes that climate change is a hoax and that there's no need to address it. Then he goes on, you know, uh, universal health care. Clinton understands the country must move toward universal health care. This was actually her issue back in 1993. She wants to see that all Americans have the right to choose a public option in their health care exchange, that anyone 55 or older should be able to opt into Medicare, and that we must greatly improve primary health care through a major expansion of community health centers. And she wants to lower the outrageously high cost of prescription drugs. And what is Donald Trump's position on health care? He wants to abolish the, Ford, the Affordable Care Act, throw 20 million people off the health insurance that they have, and cut Medicaid for lower-income Americans. He ends it by saying, I understand that many of my supporters are disappointed by the final results of the nominating process, but being despondent and inactive is not going to improve anything. Going forward and continuing the struggle is what matters, and in that struggle, the most immediate task we face is to defeat Donald Trump. Bernie Sanders op-ed in today's Los Angeles Times. Meanwhile, uh, new government data out about jobs. We had over 200,000 new jobs created in the month of July, which is really good news for the economy. Um, that said, uh, a lot of these new jobs that are being created are very much at the low end of the wage scale, and 
this recovery, and this is you know one of the Republican talking points, tragically, but it is true, this is the weakest recovery since 1949. Now, what the Republicans won't tell you about why this is the weakest recovery since 1949 is that every legislative effort to strengthen the recovery, for example, Nancy Pelosi's law that she actually passed the House to end the tax breaks to companies who ship their jobs overseas and give tax breaks to companies who bring their jobs back home to reverse basically the incentives built into today's tax code, that passed the House of Representatives, it went to the Senate, and it would have passed the Senate with more than 50 votes, but it was filibustered by Republicans. Just one of hundreds of examples of legislation that would have strengthened our economy and our recovery that the Republicans fought tooth and nail. And as a result of seven and a half years of Republican obstruction now, we have this weakest, Republic, uh, weakest recovery since 1949, and it's, and it's now spreading around the world. Brit- this from uh, the Financial Times is, uh, uh, if you're a subscriber, you get a weekly email kind of newsletter. They call it the Newsline, excuse me. Um, British government bonds plumbed new lows with 10-year gilt rates dropping 16 basis points to just 0.63%. So British British bonds right now, the British government is borrowing at less than 1%. Gold hit a new high of 1367 a troy ounce this week, just shy of its year high, uh, reached back in July. A loss of confidence, this is on European bank share prices, a loss of confidence in the ability of European banks to increase earnings against a backdrop of negative interest rates and a tepid economy is ravaged share prices. And U.S. banks, and this is the one that really got my attention, U.S. banks have increased lending to consumers through credit cards and overdrafts at the fastest pace since 2007. Remember what happened that year? The industry has piled on about $18 billion of card loans and other types of revolving credit within just the past three months as consumers borrow more. Now, the message, the messaging, what are they angry about? What are the hard-working, rust-belt white folks angry about? It's their party who stopped jobs from coming back to the United States through their obstruction and their filibuster. It's their party, the Republican Party, who is tamping down your right to vote with voter suppression. It is the Republican Party. It's the Republican Party, period. And the messaging is so limp, so impudent. Why isn't there an ad? putting the blame right where it belongs because that's what's been missing for the last seven and a half years as they just beat poor Barack Obama from pillar to post. But that wasn't his function. That wasn't his top priority. Messaging was never and has never been the priority of the Democrats. Democrats in front of a microphone blaming Republicans for poisoning the bill to fight the Zika virus. The Zika virus is taking hold, and it will spread like a contagion. Any of you ever seen the movie Contagion? 
in any of those movies where there is a uh, a, uh, a virus that's about to swallow up America before some white man comes in and saves the day. It's reality now. Zika will spread. And the more climate change affects our climate, the more rain and water and standing water in places like Houston and in the south. And they'll simply bring it to the north. Even the coal will not be relief. They were worried about Ebola when they launched a campaign of demagoguery on Ebola. Ebola is going to kill us. Ebola this. This this administration has been a disaster. 255,000 jobs created. And the revised previous month went from 270-something to 292,000 jobs. 78 straight months of job growth. A slow recovery because they have been the ones who stood in the breach, in the doorway, to slow down the recovery. The hell with country. Their party first. Their ideology first. They don't give a damn about Americans. They don't give a damn about veterans. All they care about is power. Government shutdowns. The threat not to pay the government's debt. It's been a very easy message. But everybody's walking around with tape on their mouth. Democrats are too afraid to get in front of a camera, be it a hostile press or be it a favorable right-wing conservative press. And I just heard something um, last week it was. Uh Alan Grayson is supposed to be the the radical, the, the far-left radical, when all he wants to do is fight them. So he's been labeled far-left radical. Just like Louis Farrakhan was labeled the bigot, the, the anti-Semitic, and he's backed up to the background. He's no longer a main voice. He'll say something every now and then, but he's not a main voice. Black Lives Matter has been demonized and vilified to a point, but they're not going away. They're not going away. And with this latest shooting here in Chicago, word has it that the gangs have declared war on the police. So expect some more police shootings as the Crips and Bloods and the, uh, what is the Latin gang out there in California, they have all united. There's going to be some very, very difficult times. I just saw a video of a judge in court and the man is standing there trying to plead his case, 
and the judge had him tasered. Now he's a former judge, but that doesn't do the man who got tasered any damn good. He violated the man's civil rights just openly, just just straight up, just right off the bat. He didn't give a damn. It's happening. This is where we are in this country. The rise of the militias, the rise of the Klan, the skinheads, the neo-Nazis. They've all been emboldened, empowered to take back their country, which is nothing more than a dog whistle to re-litigate the Civil War. The demographics are changing, and the demographics must be indisputable, and thus they must rule like a hammer. No, I haven't been a fan of the bigotry and racism but I'm getting to a point where I'm saying, well, now, now that the shoe is on the other foot, let's show you what it's been like. White folks don't like it. White folks go apoplectic. They go batshit when they feel that their rights are being violated. But black folks have had to endure this for centuries. Don't forget, it's only 50 years ago that we've had the right to vote. We've had any civil rights. There must be a price paid for that. Don't take it for granted. Yeah, we may be jacked up in the end. It may be headed that way with either one of the people that will win. If there are only two people that can be president after June, I'm sorry, after January 20th. So if you feel like we have no out, that we have no hope, Regardless to who wins, we can just keep right on chugging on. Go on and jump on over into the hole and get your dirt bath because that's how you'll die. And I'll repeat it. I am so glad that my ancestors never gave up the fight. I am so glad that there was someone who was willing to give the ultimate sacrifice. And I'll continue to say it and say it and say it. We are devoid of messaging. The people on the other side, they don't give a damn. They'll take any 
any emergency, any crisis, and they'll politicize it. Four people die in Benghazi. It's eight years. I'm sorry, it's millions of dollars and eight investigations. Twenty-two embassy attacks and 66 people die under Republican administration. Nothing. Not one damn word. Nothing. So why is it such a big deal now? Why is it that this is consumed the front page of the news? Why has Hillary Clinton been strapped with all of this? Messaging, that's why they've been able to drive the messaging war to our doorstep. And there is absolutely nothing Democrats have done about it but taken it, accepted it. And that's the biggest problem. 643,000 people have been forced into bankruptcy because of medical costs, medical bills. 643,000 Americans. Bankruptcy. Because they just can't pay their medical bills any longer. So what are people to do? They collapse under the messaging of these people just want free stuff. Free stuff is the new dog whistle. Is the new fear. They just want something for nothing. And it's carried the day. Just like debt carried the day. when the president was first elected. They pub they uh, public relations campaign made debt the number one crisis. It's messaging. And if you have a group of people who are willing to exercise their ideology and force it and push it on the rest of you, and you have a group of people who want to be silent and fly under the radar, they will lose because messaging is the bottom line. And messaging and pushback is what will bring the winning day. If you can't message you may as well forget it. If you can't message, you have ceded the the argument to the dark side. 
And that's basically what you're doing. You can talk neoliberalism and 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 all all of the other things. The black agenda report is only black agenda report when there's a black man in the office, and it's only been one. The first time I heard a black agenda report because they were preaching to the choir all of their breath. The rest of their time, they were preaching to the choir. I'm not opposed to what they're saying. I agree with most of what they're saying. But I've never seen a bunch of people willing to crabs in the barrel and pull down their own. Deserving or not. I want to thank House Music Lover for his call. Don't forget the event tomorrow when injustice becomes law. Resistance becomes doom. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high. Humility, an all-time low. Everybody knows everything. Everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore. A lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best a political pushback. Just damn. Other ways, inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means.